Are you ready to get into the word today? I hope so. Uh, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians is after 2 Corinthians. Galatians chapter 6, and uh, we are going to start in verse 7. If you're there, say go ahead. If you're not there, say hold up. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6, in verse, starting in verse number 7, it says this. This is what I want to do. We don't do this every week. Would you stand? Just kind of in honor of this book. Sometimes I just, the reality of its truth hits me, and I want to honor it today by standing as we read. Is that okay? All right. Verse 7 says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, with the previous verse in context. For in due season, somebody say due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So, verse 10 says, with, all, with those things in context, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. I want to stop right there because that word opportunity in the Greek, it is, it is not, a, it, it is not a, a moment in time. It speaks of a season. And so it's not like during this life, if an opportunity comes to you and kind of slaps you in the face, respond with goodness. This word is, it speaks of, of an age, the age between our salvation and our glorification. What he's saying is every single day, because of the previous context, he is saying that, that let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. You may be seated. Father, this morning, would you just come anoint me? Would you fill me, Holy Spirit, and be the teacher and be the preacher today? Till soil today, let kingdom seeds fall that would bear fruit a hundredfold in Jesus' name. And everybody said, have you guys ever noticed that sometimes Life transitions can often be like anticlimactic. In other words, like, you know, when New Year's come around and we, we all get excited, don't we? And it's like everybody says things like, I can't wait for the new year. New year, new you. What is it? New something like that. Uh, so, and and what, what we're thinking is, I've had a rough year. And as soon as, as the, the new year comes, everything is going to be good. And then what happens is, is the new year comes and you wake up and you're expecting to feel so different and so encouraged and like life has just altered itself for you and blessed you overnight. But you wake up, what? To the same problems. 
What about this? What, what, what about like marriage? I, I, I've talked to many, many, many young people who are struggling, especially with guys, and they're, and they're struggling. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, yeah, but if I can just get married, everything's going to be okay. I won't struggle with that anymore. And then what happens is they get married, and what happens? They're still struggling. And so they're like, wait a minute, this, this, this transition I thought was supposed to be so great for me kind of feels like just another day. What, what about the gym? What about, you know, you go to the gym and, and, you, and you work out for four hours straight and you're sweating, right? You weigh yourself on the way in and then on the way out after your four-hour workout, you weigh yourself and you're hoping to have dropped 12 pounds and you're the same weight. What about graduation? What about graduation? Graduating high school, graduating college. We're in the season of that right now. You know how many people I've talked to that are high school students that just think, I just can't wait to get out of high school. And I'll say, why? You know, I just, it's just going to all be different. Oh, it will be. (laughs) Everything's going to be better if I can just get out of high school. If I can just graduate college. If I can just get that new job. If I can just get that new promotion, if I can just get that, and then when you get it, what happens? You wake up to the same problems. And it leaves you frustrated because we feel like, we feel like things are supposed to happen for us overnight. And, and, and we, we carry that same thing into our Christian life. Let me explain. I hear this a lot. You come to church, and I hope you get encouraged today. I hope the word of God strengthens you. But sometimes what happens is, is you'll come into a, into a building like this, and, and you feel the Holy Spirit, and you get encouraged, and you're just like, oh my goodness, I, this, is, this is it for me. Like, everything has shifted. And so you'll go home, and you, you read like 18 chapters of Ezekiel. And you like pray for, you know, 17 and a half minutes. And you're like, oh, that was the ticket right there. Everything in my life is about to be changed. And so what you do is you go to bed and you, and you think, you think, well, I'm going to wake up and Jesus is going to tap me on the shoulder. And he's going to say, hey, it's time to get up today. Let's go have fun. I got great things for you today. But then what happens is, is you wake up and you, because you stayed up later reading 18 chapters of Ezekiel, you didn't hear your alarm, and now you're late, and you're late to work, and now you're frustrated, and then you're just like, you know, three weeks goes by, you hadn't read one more chapter in the Bible since that great feat of your 18 chap- chapters in Ezekiel. Now you're frustrated. We have this idea to think that, that there's this magic wand that if just this can happen, And I just want someone to come to me. Oh, I just want the pastor to pray for me because I feel like if the pastor prays for me, all my problems will go away. He's got like the magic fairy dust on him, right? Did you know I'm just like you? I have the same Holy Spirit that you have. I don't have Holy Spirit dust anywhere. And there's a good chance that I might pray for you and you go out of here still sowing bad seeds and you're still not going to reap a good harvest. And we talk today. Instead, we see things like David. David gets anointed and he goes right back to tending the sheep, doesn't he? 
David gets anointed and goes right back out. He doesn't, as a matter of fact, he goes right back out to the sheep. And then he spends some years running from Saul, living in caves. And it's not until well later that he actually becomes king. See, Jesus is constantly talking about fruit and seed. And I want to explain that to us today. Sowing and reaping all throughout the scripture. I was going to talk about Matthew 13 today, and last night I was down here, and the Lord just kind of said, nope, I got something else for you. I want you to talk about this. And, and, but Matthew 13 is, is the, the scripture that talks about the different soils, the four types of soils. And, and we can see things like in John 15, he talks about the fruits and bearing fruit and trees that don't bear fruit and, 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 and the seed and what happens. Why, why is he... Why does he talk so much about sowing and reaping? Here's why. Because there is a spiritual law. There is a, a principle, but it is a, it is a law, and it is called the law of sowing and reaping. You, in other words, it's fixed, it's final, you can't get around it. You can't get around it, meaning whatever is being sown into you today will be the harvest that you have tomorrow. And many times the harvest that you're experiencing today is because of the seeds that were sown into you in yesterday and years past. There is a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. In other words, no matter how good you plant, no matter how well you till the soil, if you throw lemon seeds in there, you will never get oranges. Like ever. And, and you could even go to that seed that you just planted and have a, and have a Holy Spirit, you know, just like, just like worship night. Are you with me? You could call the, the leaders of the church and, and, and you could begin to pray over that lemon seed. But you know, as it begins to grow, what's going to come off of that tree? Lemons, not oranges. There is a law of sowing and reaping. In other words, I want you to hear my heart today. I listen to pastors and, and am encouraged by many pastors, but I'm seeing a trend in the church today. And here's, here's the trend that I see a lot. Pastors will preach and say things like, your breakthrough is right around the corner. All you have to do is keep waiting. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. And I could preach a, a good context from scripture and get you to clap real loud and, and you are in here and, you're, and you get really encouraged and really inspired and you just begin to think, oh, I see it tomorrow, breakthrough's coming. Everything's gonna be different tomorrow. The problem with that is your breakthrough might not be around the corner. Is it okay if I can just be honest with you today? The Bible never says in a crowd like this, every single person in this room, your breakthrough is right around the corner. But you know what he does say? If you sow seeds into the spirit, you will reap spiritual fruit. But if you sow seeds into your flesh, you will reap flesh. And so what I'm here today is to, is to teach us about the, the spiritual principle of sowing and reaping that Paul is talking about 
today. In other words, if you keep sowing the wrong seed, you will harvest problems, not breakthrough. I can't tell you how many times that I talk to people that are like, Pastor Stephen, I'm just struggling right now. I'm just struggling and I just need you to pray for me because I need a breakthrough in my life. But see, my, before I pray, what I really want to do as somebody who, who will love you and, real, and want real freedom and not just inspiration and encouragement for you, but real freedom, I want to dig a little deeper. And I say things like, will you give me permission to ask some personal questions about your life? Because in, in order for you to have real breakthrough, kingdom breakthrough, you need to be making sure that you're planting the right seeds. And so I'll talk to people and, and, and they'll say, I just can't, I, I just can't seem to, to break this addiction. And, and in reality, what I find out is, is that they're watching garbage every week. They're watching garbage every week. They're listening to garbage every week. And then they come to church and want me to pray for them that somehow it'll just magically all go away. And they get encouraged and they walk out of here and they keep planting lemon seeds and wanting oranges. So I want to teach us today the spiritual principle of sowing and reaching, reaping. There is, uh, you know, I was thinking about this week. I have, I have right here a little seed. And as a matter of fact, if you could just bring me that orange real quick. I want to just sort of illustrate this to you guys. In the church, a lot of times we talk about this. We talk about fruit. And we love fruit. Right? I mean, I enjoy it. I could, if I get hungry while I'm preaching, I might just crack this open. How many of you love a good Florida orange? This orange inside of it has, well, it's just an orange, right? And many times in the church and when we pray and when we're in services like this, we want this in our life because it's pretty, it's, it's, it's real colorful, and, and we know it's going to be sweet. And so this is what we ask God for. And, and what happens is, is because God is faithful to his word and God wants this in your life, instead of giving you one of these, he gives you one of these. And you can't even see that, can you? Because it's small. And it's not colorful, is it? It's, it's not very appealing. But did you know in one orange seed, there is the capacity to harvest 30,000 oranges. This one orange seed could actually produce a tree that lives over 100 years old, and most orange trees could harvest from 30,000 to 50,000 oranges. And yet we're so busy asking God for this. Oh God, I just need some more of this. And he says, okay, I want you to have that in your life. And so what I'm gonna do is I gotta till your soil and I gotta plant this. I gotta plant this. You've gotta let me do, you gotta let me do some tilling and you gotta, you gotta let me start to plant some, some kingdom seeds. The fruit of the Spirit begins with a, any fruit begins with a seed. So your problem is not a fruit problem, your problem is a seed problem. I wanna share some truths with you today that I think are gonna help us understand this this idea of sowing and reaping. The first truth about, about really seeing our, our lives 
harvest kingdom spirit fruit because we need to understand that this is a process, right? You don't start with a seed and wake up the next morning and have a bag of oranges, do you? We wish we would. We want Happy Meal Christianity. We, we want quick Starbucks Christianity or even quicker Chick-fil-A Christianity. Come on, somebody. I mean, they got like 17 people out there taking your order. And, and by the time, by the time you, but you got your food before you even get to the window. I'll pull up to Chick-fil-A sometimes and the line is out like out the street and it takes me a minute, 17 seconds to get my food. And I'm like, I don't, this is a miracle. <laughs> like, this is a miracle. And so culture is training us to, to get what we want now. And, but the problem is kingdom principles are a process. It is, it is a seed that God plants and it takes, it takes watering every single day. It takes activating faith to, if you, if you sow faith, if you sow every single day faith, I'm promising you, you will reap spiritual truth in your life. Here's what I want to say to you before I get to my first point. Everybody in here is sowing right now. Everybody in here, you are sowing you are sowing something that you're going to harvest tomorrow. And, and, and so, so I've, I've shared this with, you know, uh, in, in youth, when I was in youth ministry, and, and I would have a lot of the teenagers say, no, nah, I'm not really sowing nothing right now. I'm just chilling. I mean, it's summertime. I'm not worried about sowing and reaping. I'm not worried about any of that stuff right now. So I'm like taking a pause, you know, from that thing, from, from the sowing aspect. I'm just going to sit around and eat Doritos and play Fortnite. And I say back to them, no, you're just sowing laziness and you're going to reap it. You're sowing right now. I, I hear people tell me things like this. Oh, I want to do this one day. I feel called to do this one day. I mean, I talk, you know, even this week I was talking to somebody who wants to be a pastor. And you know, my first thing was, I said, okay, what are you sowing in your life right now that will produce the fruit that you need to be a leader in the church today? Well, I'm not there yet. I'm not really there yet. So I just kind of sit around and watch Netflix. But when I'm 25... When I'm 25, it'll, I'll come of age, and all of a sudden, the anointing will fall upon me. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. What you feel called to do, the fruit you want in your life today, you need to be focused on sowing that seed in your soil. And there is a promise, there is a law that says no matter what, whatever you sow, you will reap. There's a law of gravity, isn't there? And you can't change that. I was reading this week in 1968, Apollo 8 had a mission to go to the moon. This was right before Neil Armstrong. And it was amazing to read this article about this because their goal was they're gonna, they're gonna orbit the moon like eight or 10 times and then they're gonna come back. But what they had to do was their, their Apollo 8 was traveling at 25,000 miles an hour. And the moon is traveling at 2,300 miles an hour. And so they had to time this thing perfectly, and they had to, to, to where right when they, they hit the, the, the gravitational pull of the 2,300 mile an hour moon that's spinning, it pulled them right in and allowed them to orbit the eight times that they wanted and then to go right back to Earth. None of that was by chance. You know what it was? There are smart people 
scientists who could bet, they could bet on the fact that the law of gravity will not change. That, that, in other words, they weren't thinking, well, hey, you know, you know, it could like all of a sudden, uh, the moon just starts like spinning at like three miles an hour. And then that's just going to throw everything off. But the gravitational pull is also going to change because we just can't bet on it. No, no, no. It's a fixed law. It's a fixed law. It's not going to change. And in the same way, there are spiritual moral laws that are fixed. Are you awake today? And Paul is dealing with the church in Galatia, and I want us to deal with it today, that whatever a person sows, that he will reap. I'm going to give you a few truths that are going to help us today. Here's number one. If we're going to, if we're going to go from seed to harvest in our lives, there's a few things that are going to help us get there. Number one, embrace discomfort. Embrace discomfort. These are just things that I've learned in my own personal life. Tilling soil doesn't feel good, does it? Tilling soil is hard work. I know, like, if I'm like, you know, how many farmers in the room? Probably no one's going to raise their hand. But in this day, they understood the idea of tilling. You're in the sun. You've got blisters. You're not, you're, you're just throwing seed. You're, it's, not like when you're, it's not like when you cut the grass. Come on, how many of you, you cut your own grass, and you've got a certain way you cut it, and it's hard, and it's hot right now, but when you're done, what do you do? I mean, I do. I like stand on the corner of my lawn, and I'm like, I did that. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Go call Joy. Joy, come out here and look how great our lawn looks. And she's like, so what? <laughs> but, but I can admire it. You can't admire tilling. But when we're asking God to do a work of kingdom, see, in Matthew 13, it says when a, a word of the kingdom comes to them and then he gives three types of soil that can't produce fruit from the word of the kingdom. And so there are words from God, kingdom principles that God wants in your life. But there are also, there are also ways to harden the soil of your life and, and so that that seed cannot bear the fruit of that kingdom principle. One of the things that we need to do is embrace Discomfort. Joy and I have learned to embrace difficult seasons. We don't love them, do we? We don't love difficult seasons, but we know that there are kingdom seeds being sown. See, some of you are bearing fruit today from a difficult season you went through last year. And all of that complaining, and all of that complaining, you, you held on to the feet of Jesus, and you kept your faith in what he's done for us. And you say, I'm going to sow faith through this. It's hard. I don't like it. I'm getting personal attack. I've got family craziness right now. I've got financial craziness, but I'm going to sow faith through this season. I'm going to sow faith. And today, you are reaping fruit from last year's choice to put your faith in Jesus every single day. You see, tilling and watering and, and, and for us is very simple. It's waking up and it's placing your faith in what Jesus has accomplished in saying all of the promises that God says in his word are yes and amen for me. And I believe in my stand on them today. And then everything else in your life is saying things like, no, 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 no. Don't you see this crazy problem right here? Don't you see this sickness right here? Don't you see this family difficulty? 
And so there's this tension. And the enemy wants you to grab a handful of lemon seeds and begin to sow lemons. And then come to church and pray for oranges. (laughs) Come on. Come on. So I want us to be wise. I know this is a very practical message. This is what the Lord gave me. Because I think sometimes we can over-spiritualize things. That's all I'm saying. Like there's something to be said about simple faith in Christ and tilling the soil and and putting your, your trust in him and waking up and saying, I know what it looks like, but I know what this book says and I choose to stand on this book. And what you're doing is you're sowing good seed. Good seed. Embrace discomfort. I've learned to love things that make me nervous. Does that make me weird? Like, I, why? Because, well, for example, like, how many are on the softball team? We have a men's softball team that plays on Monday night. Anyone in this service? No? Tim's not in here? Okay. No one on the softball team in this service. I, you know, there, there have been times where I'm like, I play left center. I've played it for eight years. I'm just left center. That's just where Coach Tim put me, so that's where I play. There have been times where it's the bottom of the seventh inning. There's only seven in softball. And it's, it's like we're up by one, and, all, and it's two out. All we need is one more out. And can I be honest with you? I'm out there, and like their best hitter comes up, and there's a part of me that says, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. And I begin to get nervous. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But then there's this weird part of me that rises up and says, hit it to me. Hit it to me. Hit it to me because this is a good chance for me to grow. This is a good chance for me to get stretched and grow. And so I lean into those moments. And I'll just be real with you too. Anytime I preach outside of this room, see, I feel comfortable with y'all. Somebody says, do you get nervous? I'm like, I don't get nervous anymore. I feel the weight of it, but it's like family to me. And if I have a weird, you know, a weird sermon or you're like, he missed it that day, like you're still gonna come back, I hope. (laughs) But when you go somewhere else, you get one shot. And, you know, and there's times where I'm preaching in different environments. I always feel nervous. I'm just being real with you. Sometimes, you know, it's larger crowds. Sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes it's more traditional crowds. Sometimes it's very charismatic crowds. I've preached in all kinds of places. But what I've learned is I can shy away from that, and you feel, oh, I'm nervous about that. And many times you're tempted to say, no, 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 I don't want that. But many times it's, it's God trying to build something in you, God trying to stretch you, and tilling doesn't feel good. But if you embrace it, God's trying to work something inside of you. See, we reject everything that doesn't feel good. And, and in today's, you know, uh, you know, church, it's all about prosperity gospel. It's all about, it's a me-centered gospel. It's, it's uh, you know, God exists for me. I'm trying to get us to understand that we exist for God, that my life is laid down on the altar that I want my life to matter for him and his name and his glory. And if it takes me going through some difficult seasons and some tilling and some hotness and the sweat's coming and I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you that he who began a good work in me will see it to completion. This is what we can trust. Embrace discomfort. Number two is this, we have to deal with offense. If we're going to see fruit, kingdom fruit in our life, we have to deal with 
offense. Why? This keeps your soil hard. Matthew 12, 25 actually says, no house divided against itself will stand. Matthew 5, 23 says, if you have anything against your brother, make it right before you try to bring your offering to God. Oh, that's how important it is. I remember years ago when I was living in New Orleans and I had a very close friend of mine that I got very offended at because of some things because of some things that he said and some things that he did, and I held on to that offense. And many of you are in that place right now, if you're honest with yourself, holding on to hurt and anger. And see, offense actually turns into anger. And then what happens is anger, unchecked, actually begins to rewire your emotions. You need to know that. So someone did something to you at a previous church, Somebody said something to you or, uh, uh, you know, your spouse or something happened and it wounded you and you've been offended. What happens is, is like an open wound, it begins to affect all the, the, the area around it. And so, and so offense leads to anger every single time and anger unchecked actually rewires your emotions to the point where I begin to notice that I said that I forgave him. Deep down, I knew I really didn't, and I was still carrying offense. But you know what I started noticing? I was quicker to anger. Somebody would cut me off in traffic, and I'm quicker to snap. I begin to notice, like, that's not who I am. What, what the enemy was beginning to do because I had an open door of offense was to slip in and rewire how I respond. We have to deal with offense. Some of you are going to hear this today, and you need to leave this room, and you need to go make a phone call. Just being real. You need to leave this room. You need, to, you need to make a phone call. You need to deal with your offense. And some of you, it's a process. It's not like, okay, I'm, I'm not offended anymore. But you need, it's, it's that important that you stay on track with asking the Lord to deal, to help you deal with that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this too about dealing with offense. You need to be willing to have a, a hard conversation. You need to be willing to have a hard conversation. Have you ever had to, to uh, deal with a, uh, an issue, but you didn't want to because you don't like conflict, and so what's easier is just to walk away? Don't be like that. <laughs> be willing to have a hard conversation. So deal with offense. Amen? All right, here's number three. Focus on consistency over intensity. Your harvest is in your perseverance and your perseverance comes through everyday faith and intimacy with Jesus. There's no shortcuts. Focus on consistency over intensity. I've said it, you know, in here before. I said it to my youth, uh, you know, in the gym world. You know, I would say it this way. Your gain is in your again. Your gain is in your again. Many people go to the gym for, for seven days or eight days and then they stop and it, because they didn't see results. No, it's just in the consistent Willing obedience to get up, place your faith in Jesus. Focus on consistency. Here I said it earlier, we want the magic, we want the magic Holy Spirit wand. And people want me to pray for them in hopes that my prayer can undo their spiritual laziness. Seriously. So people say, Would you just pray for me? I'm gonna still go back and, ha and sow the same fruit, the same seed of laziness. Would you pray for me? And, and it's, a, it's a seed issue. So focus on consistency over intensity. I have people say this to me sometimes. Well, you wouldn't understand. You're just, you know, you're so gifted and 
it just came natural to you. And, you know, I played on the worship team for years. I played the piano. And uh, they said, oh, well, you're just gifted. That just, you know, some people are just gifted, right? And I say, well, you know, that's not really fair. Because what you don't see and what you didn't see is that when I was in Bible college and 23 to 24 years old in Dallas, Texas, I bought a keyboard similar to this one right here. And every day after school, I would go home and I would practice. And I would practice and I would practice and I would start in the key of C and I would practice and practice and practice. Then I would go to the key of D and I would practice and practice and practice. So for you to come to me and say, well, you wouldn't really just understand because it just came to you. No, 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 because you're negating all of the hours and hours and hours that I spent tilling that gift. Oh, well, you just, you're such a good preacher and you, you just really wouldn't understand. Well, you, no, here, here's the thing. What you don't know is because I, I checked recently. See, I, I, all the, the, the sermons I've preached since I've been here, that's 10 years ago. I can go back and watch them. You can't go back and watch them. I can go back and watch them because they're hidden because I don't want you to see them. <laughs> because some of them are terrible. And I watched myself years ago and I'm like, no, don't say that. No, that doesn't make sense. But what you don't know is, is hours and hours of me chasing men of God who carried an anointing. And, and Scott Camp, who many of you know, who was my Bible teacher, after class, I would chase him down and I would say, Pastor Scott, could you please just sit with me? And he would just say yes. And we'd go to Starbucks and, and theology books open and our Bibles open. And, and he would help me understand how to unpack the scriptures. And so I tilled that soil and I tilled that soil. And then I came here and I was a youth pastor and I would speak to four kids. And I'm telling you, I would prepare for those four kids the same way I prepare for you. I would spend hours in the word of God. I would spend hours in prayer and I would say, God, you have something for those four, five, six kids. And I would, I would till that soil and I would till that soil until eventually I began to see fruit, fruit that you're enjoying today. And my prayer is that as I continue to till that soil, 10 years from now, I'm even farther along. I'm even farther along. Focus on consistency over intensity. I know this is just very practical today. Is that okay? Are you guys good? It's just a practical word that I want to encourage you with. Your spiritual life will not be made up of one big moment with God other than salvation, but I mean your spiritual growth is not like one prayer meeting where you had some moment with the Lord and Seven years later, if I ask you how you're doing spiritually, well, I'm good. I had that seven years ago, man. That was pretty special. <laughs> what are you doing today? <laughs> Let's talk about today. So your spiritual life will not be made up of one big moment with God, but will be made up of many little decisions to simply trust Jesus for your next step. Focus on consistency over intensity. Lastly, today is this, trust God's timing. Look in verse nine back in Galatians. It says this. Verse nine says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In due season. Paul is encouraging the church in Galatia to not grow weary because he knew that we would be tempted to. He knew that, that there are times in the spiritual walk that it's just difficult. 
He knew that, that, that deep spiritual principles and deep anointings and gifts that, that they need to be cultivated. They need to be tilled. And there's going to be times when you feel the heat of the sun on your face. There's going to be times when there's blisters on your hands. Not from working in your own strength, but from simply getting up and saying, God, I don't understand this, but my faith is in you, Jesus. Nothing is going to, nothing, just like I I preached a couple of weeks ago in John chapter 6, the disciples, they didn't understand what was going on and the crowds were leaving. And Jesus said, you want to go too? And they said, Lord, where else will we go? Who else has the words of eternal life? Like I'm in this thing. And it's every single day choosing to get up, put your faith back in Jesus. Trust God's timing. But Lord, we've walked around this wall for four straight days and we're tired. Anybody ever felt tired? Lord, you led us into the wilderness and now we're thirsty and we're hungry and we're tired. Let me just say this to somebody. Don't abort. Don't abort your faithfulness to God in this season. There is a spiritual law that if you sow spiritual seed, you will reap spiritual harvest. It's fixed, just like the law of gravity. This applies to giving too. This sermon is not about giving, but it applies to giving, which is why it's the only thing in the Bible that God said, test me in this. Test me. Whatever you sow, you will reap. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and bless you. This is a fixed spiritual principle. God's timing is always perfect, isn't it? I know for me, it's not always been easy. I know for my family, it's not always been easy. And every season is not crazy. You know, I'm not always going through something, but there are seasons. But what I've learned is this, and here's what I want to leave you with today. Many times we're quick to reject those difficult seasons. We're we're, we're quick to run from them. But I want to challenge us today. If we can begin to understand the spiritual law of sowing and reaping, that many times it's the pressure season. It's the pressure season. It's, It's actually a spiritual tilling that's taking place because God's getting ready to throw some new seed down, some kingdom principle seed in your life. There's areas where you need to grow. There's areas where you're still responding in anger. There's areas of lust with some guys in here. There's areas that need to go. And you need to know if you will sow spiritual seeds, you will reap a harvest. It's just the truth. But you need to hear me today. As your pastor, I hope you trust me. I hope you love me. If you walk out of here encouraged, if you walk out of here having loved the worship, you keep going and sowing seeds of the flesh, you will reap that harvest. It's just the truth. We're not a prosperity gospel church here. I hope you know that. In other words, we're not in this to see what we can get out of God. Come on. 
I'm not here to squeeze you to see what I can get out of you. I'm here to point you to Jesus. I'm here to point you to the creator of the heavens and the earth so that your life could be laid down on the altar, a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father. Say, God, my life is yours. You see, when we have that mindset, it's easier to go through trials. But see, if you are a prosperity person and you are a me-centered person, and if the gospel only applies to what it can do to you, when you go through trials, you will struggle because you're like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this. Where's my blessing? Where's my increase? Where's my comfort? But when you read the Bible, that's not what it's about. It's not about our physical comfort. It's about dying to ourselves. <laughs> dying to our pride, dying to our selfish ambition, and choosing to put my faith in the blood of Jesus that washes all sin and all stain and can empower me with his Holy Spirit and allow me to live a life dedicated to his kingdom. Some of you right now are thinking, man, this is harsh today, man. Like, what has gotten over him? I'm thinking about this principle. I'm thinking about our church. And I've been praying a lot for you, but I've also been praying a lot for the next season. I've also been praying and saying, God, what does Generation Church look like in five years? And he's asking me questions. I've, I've, I've had the Lord ask me, well, what do you want it to look like, Stephen? Do you want the glam and the fame? Do you want the lobby that you can park a 747 in? And I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. He's just asking me, what do you want? And the answers that I gave back to the Lord were things like, I want to see people sold out. I want to see people living in freedom. I want to see people full of the Holy Spirit. And he said, okay, we got some tilling to do. We got some tilling to do. You have some tilling to do in your life, church. You do. I mean, there's no easy way to say that. I know. <laughs> Listen. You think I don't know every time the Lord leads me to a sermon that I'm like, all right, let's do it. But does the Lord not discipline those he loves? How, how do you know the, dis, the, the difference between discipline and condemnation? Can I tell you? Discipline always leads you to righteousness. Condemnation always leads you to shame. I want godly discipline. I want the tilling. I want the fruit of the Spirit, which we read in chapter 5. Just a few verses before this, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law, because the fruit of the Spirit fulfills the law. Would you pray with me? I just want everybody right now just to
just to begin to think about where you're at, just to be thinking about the harvest that you want in your life, things you're going through right now. I just want to take a moment, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your, your field, the seed. I want to pray that God would begin to give you strength and grace and power to walk through this season with strength and confidence and faith and trust, and leaning in on who God is. And so right now, all over this room, I just want you to begin to ask yourself, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? What are you saying to me today? What are you revealing to me today? And give me the strength to say yes to whatever you ask me to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,